0: And Welcome to New Consciousness Review Radio. I'm Miriam Knight, and my guest today is Carmen Hara, an internationally known intuitive psychologist, author, relationship coach, spiritual teacher, and karmic counselor. She was born in Transylvania, Romania, and her gift of otherworldly sight became apparent from a very young age. She had had a near-death experience from drowning. She was a popular singer in Europe, and first came to America on a singing contract, but she knew she was meant to stay in America forever. In America, Carmen reinvented herself, earning a PhD in clinical psychology, and she blends these skills with her gifts as an intuitive counselor. During her career, she has met and coached top personalities in the fields of politics and entertainment. Carmen's first book, Everyday Karma, was translated into over 20 languages. Her five other critically acclaimed books include Decoding Your Destiny, Signs, Symbols and Secrets, The Trinity of Health, The Eleven Eternal Principles, and Holiness. She's a frequent guest on network television and in the national press, and Carmen hosts a radio show called Miracle Guidance for Everyday Life on WABC 770 AM on Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern. She is joining us today to talk about her seventh book that was written with her daughter Alexandra. It's called The Karma Queen's Guide to Relationships. Welcome. Carmen, I'm so delighted that you could join us.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful, dear Miriam, to be part of your amazing show and to have the opportunity to talk to you and uh, to your audience
0: well thank you now you are known as the karma queen and i think there are so many different uh understandings of the word karma can you tell us in what sense you are using the word and what it means
1: well, the, first of all, I want to tell you that the Karma Queens, its a title that was given to you by given to me by New York Times and New York Post—based uh, <clears throat> on the fact that uh, my first book was called Everyday Karma, and um, the idea of uh, being a, a Karma Queen is mastering the whole uh, the concept of karma so that your life um, is uh, smooth and harmonious and uh, moving in the right direction. Uh, In other words, you create that good and positive karma, and, um, and again, you take control of your life. And to answer the the question in itself is that karma is not what people think. It's some kind of a – it's not the Newtonian law of force of uh, effect. It's uh, some kind of an energy that uh, exists uh, within ourselves in terms of – uh, action, uh, thoughts, uh, intention that manifest in the real world and translate later on into our memory that we store in the subconscious mind. So um, karma is something that repeats itself, and we are born from a drop of memory, and everything that happens to us and everything that we do to ourselves and others and everything that has been done to us is stored in the memory of the soul and at the cellular level. And um, it's very important that you create that positive action and that positive intention so that your life is moving and growing and evolving because if you create a negative karma, then you, um, you know, create blockages into your life and uh, many times it happens you're not even aware of your thoughts and your behavior and an action and the way you look at the world. And one day you simply realize you're not moving forward and you are stuck in a pattern of negative behavior. So um, we used to say sometimes that um, karma can uh, uh, stem from uh, prior experiences or even prior lives, which is very true. Because if you think of karma as something that becomes your memory that goes dormant and one day that drop of memory wakes up and is manifesting again into your life, we are able to explain why we actually keep on attracting in our life the same situation. And if that karmic pattern of behavior is negative, we will keep on attracting the same negative situation over and over. So the idea of the becoming a karma queen is uh, erasing that negative karma and being, you know, a, a queen of, of, um, of the idea and of the concept. And I think that um, we all can do that if we understand the philosophy behind the concept of karma. And by the way, karma is the number one law of spirituality. It's the foundation of all the universal laws and the human laws. And sometimes, you know, in the past, we were fascinating about the law of attraction. Well, the law of attraction doesn't function if you don't understand the foundation of laws, which is the law of karma. So the law of, uh, you know, attracting things into your life um, relies actually on your own uh, action and thoughts and intentions. So that's exactly why we need to talk about the karma before anything else. And it applies more than anywhere else in relationship with people.
0: Well, if I understand uh, correctly both from what you've just said, and also from reading your uh, fascinating book, um, karma is like an energetic imprint that that we could think of, almost like the, the Akashic Records. It's attached to us. It's kind of neutral, and it becomes what we make of it. It could be positive or negative. And karma really comes into play in our lives in the relationships that we have with other people and situations is is that a kind of uh, a a good way to think it
1: yeah and you know it's very simple to look at your life to understand what karmic pattern you have already so let's say you have a wonderful relationship with people that feel balanced and harmonious it means all you carry all the memory all the imprints at the level of the soul are positive But if you feel like, hey, I'm in a dysfunctional family, I feel stuck, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, I'm not happy with who I am and who I bring into my life and the the relationship that I have, that it means that something karmically is there. There's a negative imprint that needs to be eliminated. So it's actually in a way very simple. The difficult part is to really be able to identify and to go back to the source, to the moment when that particular experience was created. Let's say somebody has been abused um In the childhood or in a marriage or, you know, somebody went through a very difficult experience that, as I said, that imprint uh, stays as part of the memory. And sometimes imprints, as I say, go all the way deep, deep, deep attached to the cellular level. So you need to have that introspection within yourself and acknowledge where you are and be fair to yourself. and. Ask yourself, am I where I want to be? Am I moving forward with my life or do I feel stuck? I mean, in my career, Miriam, I've seen so many people coming to me and telling me, I'm stuck, Dr. Har. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just bringing the same situation over and over. I don't know how to break through. I don't know how to create a different reality. So then you need that honesty towards yourself, and you need to work on reversing karmic pattern and breaking through karmic pattern. A behavior And the good part is that karma is reversible, is something that can be healed, most likely being the main factor in relationships.
0: Hmm. Well, you know from psychology and psychiatry, they do say that the truth will set you free. So is it enough to be able to recognize a karmic pattern? Um, obviously, if you don't recognize the karmic pattern, you can't get rid of it, but is recognizing it enough to eliminate it?
1: I mean, recognizing it is the first uh, step. And in even, in, in, uh, you know, uh, cognitive therapy and the traditional psychology and Since we talk of psychiatry, psychology, the always we used to say that everything goes back to the childhood, which means everything goes back to the beginning and everything goes uh, back to the beginning of your life. You know, when you created a certain pattern of behavior or something has happened to you or, but the main thing is, is to identify, you know, let's say you have a a problem of behavior, you have a compulsive Disorder personality. If you're not aware of it, you will continue, you know, to act in a certain way and create wrong and negative patterns of behavior. The moment you're aware, that's why we used to call it cognitive therapy. The awareness is the name, the number one factor in psychology you're aware there's something you you can do if you're not aware you know there's not too much you can do and you know our brain has skills of of uh, of perception you know and a perception of the brain is becoming aware of things and mm-hmm. uh it is very powerful to be aware as a first step of eliminating something that is bothering you. It's like, like okay, you have a bug in your system, in your body, there's, there is a virus, if there's something. You feel it and then there's something you can do. You check it, you identify there is a physical problem. You take some pills or you do something and you eliminate it. You know, the same thing, you know, translated in a metaphorical way, you it can be applied when it comes to eliminating uh, that karma that is stored there, and it does you wrong.
0: So are all uh, relationship issues uh, generally due to negative karma in some form?
1: I mean, as we said before, there's good karma, there's good the negative karma, and karma starts with the relationship with yourself. So it starts with the way you treat you, the way you believe in you, the way you present yourself. Uh, and all those emotions that you have and if um, let's say you have a missing father or you bullied in school or you you already start in the world with a, with less confidence with less self yeah
0: two strikes against you
1: yeah and, and it's and, and it's that that is also a karmic aspect of the relationship with your own self so um If you are aware that karma can be accounted for so many things at every level of your being, then you understand the complexity of the the concept, and you also understand that there is um, a lot that you personally can do to eliminate all those uh, uh, energies and all those issues and work with them. And it's interesting how... um, you know, sometimes we stay in patterns of behavior for a very long time. But the moment we decide to eliminate a, a negative information that exists, let's say, between us and another person, we free, like you said, it set us free, then the problem doesn't exist. It goes away instantaneously. That's the beauty of eliminating karmic patterns that might be there for a very long time. I mean, it can be done very fast. It's almost like you delete a file in the computer of your mind.
0: (laughs) That's a great image. Now, they do say that um, we have, before we incarnate in this life, we have these planning sessions to uh, kind of set ourselves goals for what we want to experience and accomplish in this life. So... In a way, could karmic um, patterns be a kind of um, a challenge, a test, a, a, a screenplay, a script for what we want to do in this life that uh, we have to work through the drama uh, and then come out the other side bigger and better?
1: Absolutely. Well, with that, there's a way, uh, you put it so beautifully there's a way that we need to acknowledge when we exit the physical world all we take with us is karma we leave everything else in the physical world what we take with us that that uh CD-ram that includes every experience all the memories We take with us the file of our memories, action, intention, and the recognition, your skills, your abilities, everything that ever happened to you is in that sitarum. When you come back on earth, you know, we used to say you come from a drop of memory, a drop of DNA that knows everything about you. And a lot of the, like you said, it is a screenplay that exists already in place, and you become the actor of your own life. You play the role of your life, you know, that is already there. Um, it's fascinating how when we bring back all kinds of experiences from prior life, we come equipped with all kinds of knowledge, you know, as an early age. And that explains um, Mozart playing piano at the age of four. I speak French um, at the age of six, and, and I, I grew up between Romanian and Hungarian people. Nobody spoke French, but I did. And nobody could understand how come you learn a language that... Probably for an American, is extremely sophisticated and complicated, <laughs> but I know I I do feel like the memory I I start to sing at a very early age, you know and. And again, that is another skill that somebody can be born with, with an extraordinary voice that comes as something you practice before. The 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 knowledge, the the um, the how should I say, the memory of a previous experience is already implemented there. You'll bring it back with you. So um, that's why it's it's amazing how you know uh, uh, everything that has to do with us is. Um, creating memory every day, you know, in every second of your life, you create individual memory, collective memory, family memory, you know, um, you relate to the world around uh, uh, in different ways and creating a karmic pattern of behavior that, that will stay with you. So you carry that like a luggage. If it's a light luggage, if your intentions and your energy is pure and you acknowledge that you need to be a good person on earth because that's the only thing that counts at the end of the day, uh, not your attachment in the physical world, then you learn something. And our karmic lesson, a challenge, the biggest challenge of all times, Uh, this is the way you evolve. And, um, you know very well life is just a school you come here you come here to learn about who you are and what you need to give and what is your mission that's what this is all about so at the end it's beautiful to have that light luggage and not a heavy luggage because then you know what you're going to feel that heaviness and it's not a present feeling
0: <laughs> no 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 not at all now the <laughs> the tagline of your book is The Truth About Karma in Relationships. And I was wondering, you know, you, you, you talk in your book about four types of love relationships. That That's obviously the kind of relationship that we're all looking for. Can you give us an idea, an overview of these different kinds of love?
1: Yes. And I tell you, this, um, you know, book comes... It came from my own experiences. I was um, married to my husband 27 years till the day he died of lung cancer. Uh, It's fascinating how I learned by being with him and in the same time being a marriage counselor, I learned the difference between different marriages. And I realized that some people have, for instance, transitory relationship, and that I call the first group of love relationship, in which you meet somebody for a short period of time, a month uh, a year, two years, and then you have to acknowledge that relationship is just taking you to, an, to another phase or is just transitioning you into the next relationship that is going to be a long-lasting one. The problem is that people in transitory relationships, they tend to believe that's forever and they work very hard to make them last when they're not meant to last. So the the, the beauty is to be able to identify okay, I mean, this relationship is only for now. I'm not trying to get more out of it because I will never be able to get more than a short frame of time, and I'm learning something in this experience, but it's not forever, and it won't last. So that's actually very important for you to identify, hey, I'm mean, just in a transition. Uh, the second group of relationships are karmic relationship relationship that come from the memory of the soul because something let's say was left unresolved if you believe in other lives you know because the karma is more about the transmigration of the soul and bringing as i said memories and experiences into the next and into the next that need to be resolved so karmic relationship a relationship that you have with somebody uh, that are very intense um, and they need to play out. It's like a major lesson needs to be learned. So you can meet somebody that you cannot even explain how intense and powerful that relationship is, but one day karma gets resolved. The lesson is learn, and you wake up, and that person is out of your life, and you don't feel any pain or resentment or because the karma is played out and is resolved and those relationships can also be transitory or can be compromised and there we going into the fourth type of relationship and the fourth type of relationship are actually the majority of the relationship i mean out of a 100 relationship probably 85 are compromised in which you just settle for each other you just uh, agree to stay together because you share um, a home, you have kids together, you accept each other, and those relationships that are compromised may many times include a uh, um, betrayal and you accept to be uh, uh, betrayed because um, you 're not so involved emotionally, but you 're involved from other points of view, so you actually want to be in that in that marriage you agree to be, but a side of you is not there you 're not really loving fully that person you just have probably respect for that person you sa- it's a settlement we agree you know on mm-hmm. on on living with each other um and then we go to the and sometimes compromise relationship are maybe dysfunctional maybe not easy to deal with uh, maybe just uh, uh, you know what i mean unfair because people uh, just have different lives i mean i heard so many cases of people oh, we are married for 30 years but we you know we don't really, we just meet like strangers, we don't communicate, uh, we have nothing in common after a certain period of time. I have my life, you have your life, we don't even question each other, you know? And in time we become strangers. Uh, it can go the other way around, but those relationships are very common, unfortunately. And there we go, the fourth type of relationship, which are the most uh, extraordinary because they're very rare soulmate relationship in which you think of you like half of the sphere and you find the other half and when you find the other half there's a perfect match and then if there's a perfect match imagine a sphere that moves like the wheel of light, the samsara It moves, and the world is about movement and transformation. If you're in a relationship where you're stuck, where you don't move, you might feel suffocated, miserable, unhappy, and you want out. If you're in a relationship of a soulmate, every single day there's something new, you have a smile on the face, you feel fulfilled because you found somebody who's complementing you perfectly. It's interesting how imperfect we are. We just uh, need somebody else to bring the other half, as I said, to complete us. So a soulmate relationship um, can be defined by some major elements. Actually, all those elements are in my book. And I reach all of this conclusion by living a life with a soulmate for so many years. We were inseparable. We were mentally connected. I mean... You know, we have that telepathic message. If I was in Florida, I knew exactly what he was doing in New York, and we were calling each other at the same time. We were finishing each other's sentences. Nobody could break us apart because it was me and him against the world, you know, and I, we, didn't, we didn't care what the world said about us. We were just so connected. So it's an Car- extraordinary Carmen, experience.
0: I, yeah. Carmen, you absolutely must tell our listeners the story of, of how you met Virgil.
1: It's, it's just an amazing story, almost up to a point that it's even hard to believe a story like this, but it can be proven. So I was a young singer with a contract to leave uh, Romania and come to New York, which was a big deal for somebody being born during the communist regime under Ceausescu. So um, everybody was, like, jealous, how are you going to America? And my father dies uh, three days prior to me leaving the country, suddenly. And almost like I felt my father wanted to set me free. My father was always like, you know, our parents can be visionaries. They can see the future of their own kids. So I think that my father, in his vision, she knew, he knew I am meant to exit the Iron Curtain and go to another part of the world. And America resonated so amazing for Uh, people living under the communist regime. So I felt like my father wanted me to leave, so he decided to exit the world. I also believe that was his time. So at the funeral... Uh, it was 2 o'clock and I heard his voice. You know, since I had that near death at the age of 5, I always heard voices from people who are no more in the physical world. But my father's voice while we were burying him was, look behind my grave. So I was not imagining, I really heard his voice. Look behind his grave and I'm seeing a reserved place with the name Virgil. Somebody who was uh, not that, but that place was bought, you know, for somebody with the name of Virgil. And I had my father say, "You go into New York. You are going to meet your husband with this name." So I didn't say anything because I thought that I can share something like this. People are going to think this is crazy. So next day in the morning, uh, I left uh, my country, came to New York, and uh, two days later, I had my first concert. And there comes this wonderful, handsome, attractive young man. He comes to me and he said, I'm looking for a singer. My name is Virgil. And I tell you, Miriam, I couldn't breathe. I, I, I couldn't. Even now, <laughs> after all these years, I have chills as I'm telling this story. I will always have chills. It, cause it's such a powerful story. So um, from that second, me and that man, we could never separate. We were looking in each other's life and said, I knew I found my husband, which I married him weeks later. <laughs> well, how crazy is that? <laughs> Who's going to marry weeks later? You know, everybody would say, Well, I need three years to know the man. I'm going to go and date him and then I'm going to think about it and then I'm going to have issues with commitment <laughs> and whatever, you know. So, bottom line is i said that this is it for me you know and i took the message at that funeral coming from my dad like carmen this this is going to be so 27 years later my husband developed lung cancer and he dies very young at the age of 57 which is the tragedy of my life i still cannot heal because when you meet a soulmate you can never heal after that I mean, I don't care what people think, or you find somebody else. Nobody else will be your soulmate. Rarely you can meet another soulmate. That's kind of rare. As much as a lot of people go through life, they never meet their soulmate. So after my husband's passing, I paid a visit to my father's grave, and I realized that exactly the time my husband died, the man who had the reserved place behind my father's grave, and all of this is documented, you know, because it's, it's like I have tapes of this for everybody who said, I can't believe a story like this. This is too much. You know, and that <laughs> man died exactly the same time my husband died. And then I made my own conclusion. Probably I got a double message at that funeral. Not only I'm going to meet my husband with the name Virgil, but my husband will also die. The day will come when he will. So, you know what? Mm. That was and now, you know, you always look back in retrospect and your life, and you're amazed how things were programmed to happen in a certain way. But, like, the awareness is not there. Sometimes your brain can break the linear time, can break chronology, and have a vision of what's going to happen to you five to ten years later. Um, but it's almost like we're not supposed to know too much in order to be able to navigate through life and learn the lesson we meant to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, you, are, you have all of our listeners officially very jealous because the, the kind of relationship that you have is something that everybody, that you had had and have with your husband, is something that everybody wants. I, I was is so there, madly in love, is...
1: Maryam. I was so madly in love. I, I, I don't think yeah. anybody can imagine. I, I would have give everything for this man. I adore this man more than my life. You know, I, just, I, I don't mm. have words to express how deep and powerful. And, and that was because it was that... That soulmate relationship, yeah. And I tell you, I had a... once in two people, Marian, a 30-year-old and a 62-year-old woman, who came to me, and I identified because they have problems. Nobody agreed to that relationship. Everyone said, so "Are you involved with your grandma? What's wrong with you for referring to him and to her? How mm-hmm. can you be with that man that young?" Those two people they live upstate New York uh, and nobody can understand their relationship, they they isolated themselves from the world because nobody's going to get it. They are just soulmates against uh, the fact that there's an age difference, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there a soulmate out there for everyone? Uh,
1: theoretically, if you think that we all have the other half, yes. Uh, the hard part is, is bringing things to coincide in time, the coinciding situation in time, like make sure you get your soulmate right now in this lifetime and not into the next, you know. That's the hard Ah. part. Finding finding him uh, in that particular moment in time is what's difficult, you know. And that's why, if you look mm-hmm. at the world today, out of the 100 marriages, probably 50% are compromised, 20% or even more are going to end up in a divorce, 10% are just transition, and very rarely, like a percentage of probably 5, 7, 8% who really found each other. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's a little discouraging. Um, the
1: statistics do? are not great. I mean, the statistics <laughs> prove that of 100. Uh, couples, you know, 50 will actually end up in a divorce. The statistics of divorce are still very high.
0: Yeah. Of course, the good news is what you said earlier, which is you shouldn't beat yourself up about it because no. you may have been intended to be in a transitional relationship. But what and if you're you in a, a bad relationship? Miriam?
1: You have hope. I mean, when it mm-hmm. comes to finding the true love, I had a client the other day, I have to share this with your listeners, and she is 48. She told me, "Kaiman, I'm not giving up on meeting my soulmate. As long as I'm on earth, I still dream and hope and pray and manifest and ask for him to, to come into my life, and I will never give up. And I was so moved by the statement. I so loved that woman because you, she said to her, I'm not going to sell just for the sake of being with somebody. I will look for the right person. So that was... Mm. Beautiful.
0: You really have to have a good, strong sense of yourself and your own identity to be good in a relationship, don't you think?
1: It all comes with this amazing art of self-love, because if you don't love you, if you don't appreciate yourself, if you if you don't know your self-worth, if you're not um, uh, acting at your highest uh, skills and abilities, if you're not aware of who you are, which. You know, again, going back to the law of awareness, you have to be perfectly aware of who you are to understand who you need to bring into your life. Um, And a lot of people are are delusional when it comes to what they want and, and they want the wrong type of things. You know, people marry uh, other people's family. They marry their bank accounts. They marry because they're afraid to be alone. They marry for uh, companionship, for friendship. They, they, they intentionally compromise because they don't know any better. So, uh, um, it's a reality. I don't think it's a sad or a good reality. It's just a reality. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, what I want people to learn from this book is that They can do better. They can master that action, which is called their karma, and they can be on the top of their own life and becoming kings and queens because that's what we want. You know, you, you think, like, it's superb to be a king in your own identity, you know, to reach the highest level. And uh, I feel like we all can be, and we all need to know. That's why this book is a manual. It teaches you, pay attention to what kind of a relationship are you in. So if you know the relationship you are in, you know, should I stay, should I go? Is he the one for me or is not? So it's a work. It's a work in progress. Exactly like you choose a house that is best for you or you choose the best career and you don't settle for a meager job. The same thing. Don't settle in a relationship without knowing who your partner is and what are your expectations coming from who are you really in in your life, you know, and what do you Mm want to be. Mm -hmm.
0: Now we've been talking about the love relationships, but does your karma affect all of your relationships sure. you know, with workers oh, oh, and the world oh,
1: absolutely relationship intertwine and the most interesting thing is that relationships with other people interfere in love relationships like uh, the relationship with your father can actually interfere with the uh, with the relationship with your husband or the relationship with your child can interfere with the relationship with your sister. There's some kind of a interference, a constant melt between all forms of relationship. That's, that's so amazing, the complexity of a relationship. You know the word relationship comes from the Latin word, relatio, which means to heal, to restore, to bring together so to, to create that unity that oneness then that um uh, how should i say that identity that will that i'm talking about and uh, um you know, we completely lost with our relationship in this world. But the, the number one thing is, yes, they do interfere with each other. So make sure you don't allow sometime outside influences from other people into your love life, or don't let up other people decide for you. So a relationship is a way for you to grow and make yourself decide for you and understand who you really are. Because people come in our life to mirror to mirror what we're missing, to mirror our own weaknesses, to mirror our own problems. So uh, when they come into life, don't judge them, don't blame them. Let them be and look inward within you. What am I really seeing here? What is this reflection of me?
0: Mm. Very, very profound. And sometimes we enter into a relationship that becomes really more of an obsession. What does that mean um, karmically?
1: Oh, yes. Those are very common. Uh, People who become obsessed with the people they can never be with. And the more they acknowledge they can never be, the more obsessed they become. It's like a vicious uh, cycle. And you need to do a lot of work to get rid of that upset because that's a a terrible way to block yourself karmically. Because even if, you, if, and I've seen this in my career a million times, you know, women who are obsessed with a man who's married to another woman, you know, even if they know oh. that, that that's a wrong karma to try to get somebody else's husband, even if they know that man will never look at you because he, he doesn't even acknowledge you, it's only you acknowledging him. They continue on that pattern of obsession, and and I'm receiving emails all the time from women asking me, Dr. Hara, what should I do to get rid of my obsession? What should I do to be able to move on? Because I'm kind of stuck for years thinking of a person that in the real world will never be with me. Why am I, you know, attached to somebody? There are a lot of explanations. Sometimes karmic uh, past lives or things that can come from somewhere or uh, um an obsession is also a reflection of your inability, you know, to stand up for yourself, to find your truth, to find your right uh, a person in your life. It can, can, obsession is a damage. You've been damaged sometime in your life, you know. When you're obsessed, you have to go back to the root of the family relationship and see why you created that pattern of obsession. It might go back to your father. It might go back to to your uh, relationship with your mother. And talking about mother-daughter relationship, you know I co-authored this book because I said there's no better and more powerful relationship other than uh, mother and child. You know, those are very very intense very strong they are foundation of love you know the child comes from your love and you know you see constantly a battle between mother and children which shouldn't be this way but it exists in the real world
0: yes I look back on my uh, own kids and kind of cringe because if I knew then what I know now I would have raised them differently (sighs) <sighs> but I guess uh, you
1: can't. You can't go. You, back you anyway. can't think this way. No, no, <laughs> no. You cannot. So, think... it, if you're
0: in a a bad relationship, how can you kind of extract yourself? How can you detoxify yourself from a relationship that's become dysfunctional?
1: I mean, first of all, your first thing that you want to do, you want to make sure you a a relationship so you give a relationship a chance so if you got involved you own it to yourself to try to give it give it a chance and see whether you can make it work but if you see that whatever you're trying to do is not working then you have to be honest with yourself and then you have to walk away from this but you have to walk away from it by not allowing any karmic residues uh in your life like When I say that, I'm referring many times to the people in Hollywood. The people in Hollywood, you see the marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. And you question why, because they never finish one thing and they move into the next. And if you divorce once and you never fix your problems in that divorce and you just walk away without learning the lesson, you will marry again and divorce again and divorce again. So the cycle, this is what I call karma being repetition over and over and unless you work on it, acknowledge it, you make peace with this, you see what you did wrong, and you see what you don't want to bring back into your life, you'll keep on bringing it. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. when when people go through such kind of relationship that end up in separation and, and headaches and breaks up, they have to do a lot of work to finalize karmic relationships so they're not going to keep on repeating
0: and the other thing is that um, when you bear anger or malice towards your mm-hmm. this, this partner towards the the hurt, it really erodes your own soul um, you You speak a lot in your book about forgiveness. What is the secret to forgiveness, and how do you really forgive somebody who has hurt you so deeply
1: well that's ama- that 's amazing forgiveness is. Uh, And again, going to the etymology of the word, it comes from the Greek word to detach. Um, So when you forgive, you remove yourself. The only way is to genuinely forgive that person. If you keep on holding on to that anger and resentment because you think he did something to you, but you know my opinion is nobody does anything to us. We do it to ourselves. In the scheme of things, you know, as crazy as this statement may seem, I really believe that we create situations for ourselves. As much as we want to blame other people and the world around, the answer is within you and not in the outside world. So coming back to how you can um, uh, uh, forgive, how you can, you forgive by, not having any any uh, resentment towards that person, like you, pro, you rewire the brain. You know the brain can be reprogrammed. And you reprogram your thoughts. That's a, a mental uh, um, activity, exactly like you you learn how to go at the gym and exercise the muscle. You exercise the neurons in the brain. Because the neurons, they create clusters of neurons and they create a behavior pattern. So if you acknowledge that, you repeatedly, you do and say the same thing to yourself till you're capable to fully release that person. So you will feel like, I forgive, so the person is completely out of my life and I have no no anger, no resentment, you know, no negativity, no matter what he did to me. Then it's, it's... almost magic, the next second you will be able to bring somebody else. Now, forgiveness works hand in hand with the wisdom of life, the wisdom and the acceptance of the things that you you can never change, the things that you are meant to go through. Uh, So that's why we used to say sometimes that erasing negative karma, because holding on to negative emotion creates a negative karma towards your own self. And um, so if you eliminate and forgive and are wise about this, then wisdom and forgiveness erases any karmic patterns of behavior and sets you free, and you can finally free yourself in, uh, from, from the will of the flesh. Like we used to say, you want to free yourself from, you know, coming back in a low level of consciousness. This is the way to do it.
0: Freeing yourself is so important because um, we we know the dangers of keeping uh, emotions inside. They really, literally, as well as figuratively, eat you from the inside. I think a lot of cancers and things have been traced to um, pent-up negativity and emotions. So um, what can you do to release these feelings
1: Well, you said a a, a wonderful, you made a wonderful point. So when you have negative feelings, the body releases all kinds of Uh, negative um, uh, chemicals hormones uh, uh, creates the chemistry of the of the brain the hormones in the brain uh, get out of uh, balance Um, and then you become depressed you become uh, compulsive you become bipolar um, and indirectly you know a part of you is in the war with the rest of you so um, you're not at peace with your own self and that develops even physical disorders like autoimmune disorders, which are like skyrocketing. It's like the the, the young generation having all kinds of diseases like lupus, uh, Hashimoto disease. It's an epidemic. Cancer, in the end of the day, is an autoimmune disorder. I always said... Uh, many times in, in my interviews that you know the world globally at the collective mind of the planet seems to have a cancer because we fight against each other so only the moment when we will stop the fight the cancer will be eradicated otherwise there's no cure for cancer because the cancer is something that is more at the level of the thoughts that it is in the physical body but uh, the the negativity of the of the thoughts, you know, will calcify. So karma calcifies in the physical reality, in the physical body. And that's why somebody who went through a terrible divorce three years later finds out that she has breast cancer or she has ovarian cancer, was just a reflection of all those emotion and anger and fights within herself that she had to go through the divorce. So, in other words, you know, pay attention to those emotions if you go to a rocky time. And it's better to let go of a marriage than getting a disease like this. And that applies to the world, to everything that's happening in the world. I'm just a firm believer that the day will come when we will elevate consciousness to a level in which we will stop the war against each other and then we're not going to have diseases like cancer or autoimmune disorder because they are just a reflection of our inner inner problem at the collective collective mind of the planet
0: from your lips to God's ear Carmen what can (laughs) I say
1: yeah I just pray (laughs) for that
0: yeah yeah well um Tell us where you we can uh, hear more about. Do, are you giving workshops and things like that, or do you give readings?
1: I'm doing. How a do lot people of, get in touch uh, with radio you? Shows um, the people get rid of me uh, by going to my site www. com, and they can uh, purchase my book by clicking on the book, and it takes them to Amazon, to Bars and Nobles, or People can send me an email at c a r m e n a j r r a carmen hara at AOL. and um, they can listen to me every Sunday at 10 p m on WABC radio. Um, and uh, you know, I'm um, available for consultation if people need me. Uh, you know, I'm here to serve, exactly like you. We are here to serve the world and and do as much good as we can.
0: Well, I would like to uh, compliment you on the book. There's a lot of wisdom in it, and it's very interesting to read the interplay between you and your daughter, kind of giving two <laughs> sides of the coin, you know, two yes. two observations. And it's very, uh, very sweet. So I, I think it'll appeal to. To all generations, um, I particularly like the um, the tools that you give. Can you leave our listeners with a few tips um, of your choosing for how to deal with uh, karma, relationships, whatever?
1: I mean, um, first of all, as I said before, the the number one tool is to uh, to reach. Uh, um, in a, uh, a peace, to uh, to be in a state of harmony and content, and to get there is easier than you think. Just go and introspect, and you know, write write the story of your life, you know, and see in which way you play. And uh, if there's something like one of the character being even yourself that you don't like, try try to change the story of your life. I think that's key. Creating a new reality, you create because we we live in a field of so many possibilities. And um, is everything written in stone? No, you just have a screenplay that you can you can modify. You are you are the architect of your life. You you make the life the way is good for you. And don't allow anybody to think for you. Don't allow any interference. That's the only way you really grow up. Accept the wisdom from other people. Love everybody unconditionally, Uh, because love is, you know, the most powerful force, and you you can't stop it. You cannot control it. And if you lose use uh, use your love, your genuine love, in relationship, then I tell you, you will have. Um, a life of celebration and I think that mastering your karma means celebrating your life and life is such a precious gift and everybody says it you just have to feel it and you have to live it and live the life you love and love the life you live that should be everybody's uh, statement and I think that this book is all about teaching people how to sit on the top of the pyramid and, and, you know, said, Alleluia, this is beautiful. I am happy. And I will never allow anybody to take that away from me. (laughs) Here, here.
0: My goodness, we've been speaking for the last almost hour. That has gone so incredibly quickly with Mm -hmm. Carmen Hara, Ph.D., and she is the author, along with her daughter, Alexandra, of the Karma Queen's Guide, two relationships. Karma, thank you for being with us. Karma, karma and Carmen are so
1: close to each other. Everybody is calling me Karma because my name, Karma, <laughs> Carmen, is very similar. <laughs> and they have karma
0: on the brain by the time they finish talking yes. to you.
1: <laughs>
0: so um, thank you for being with us.
1: Oh, karma. I love you, Miriam. You're such a heart of gold and an, and an amazing, inspirational woman. I am so grateful for the chance and the opportunity you gave me to talk about my book.
0: Oh, thank you. And if you want to download this or any of our shows, go to our website, New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com, where you can leave through our content-packed multimedia magazine and browse our reviews and podcast archive. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Be good to yourself, do good in the world. And remember, you're made of stardust, so shine brightly.